Welcome to the Waggle Dance Podcast. Three guys, Duncan, Dave and Andy. A preacher, a leader and a designer who want to explore ways to live life with a little less friction. A hive of conversation waxing lyrical on faith, family and friendship. Welcome to the Waggle Dance Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome along. It's the Waggle Dance Podcast. I hope you had a great Christmas. We're here, we're just at that time where we're building up to entering a new year and let's hope whatever happens that 2021 is, uh, is better and more exciting than 2020 has been. So we can't quite believe it there's a little bit of um sadness here at waggle dance towers because this is the this is the last one in our series so uh we'll pick up on that later but it only seems five minutes ago that we were sort of new into this and uh exploring what's the one thing we need to know about and and here we are with our last in our series so so duncan it's been it's been fun what do you make of it it's been a joy um andy what did you what did you uh what did you find in your stockings well, do you know what? I, I, I thought you were about to just say it's a joy to the world. Um, my stocking. So, um, yeah, it's the tangerine or is it a clementine at the bottom? A lump of coal. No, not a lump of coal. Um, okay. Yeah, some nuts, socks. He's, a, he's and- a modern man. He's a modern man, so he doesn't have coal. He has <laughs> He has like a little little uh, log that he can put on the fire or something, maybe rather than coal. <laughs> It's thoughtful. It's thoughtful. I wasn't disappointed. It was. Uh, it was a great Christmas. Lovely you, with family. Yeah. That's good. And Dave, are you are you, you know you are you really honestly sad to say goodbye to twenty twenty? No, I'm sad that it's coming to the end of the Waggle Dance podcast. But no, I'm highly <laughs> delighted to say goodbye to twenty twenty. So yeah, absolutely. That's I, good. That's the great I'm thing about right. this. T- yeah, this this time of year when you begin to move into the new year, it's just full of hope, isn't it? You're just convinced that the, whatever's coming next is going to be a darn sight better than what's gone before. So I love this feeling of new year. It's this full of anticipation and, and possibilities and something mm. new and something different. It's, you know, the, the idea of change is in the air and uh, spring and summer are just around the corner. And yeah, so let, let, let's walk into 2021 with a, with a different... Uh, sort of attitude as what we've left 2022 because you know you've got to start with your attitude because your attitude defines your actions not the other way around you know if our attitude is one of positivity then our actions will be one of positivity so i'm determined to walk into 2021 without a cloud over my head without bemoaning this that and the other but looking for the, the the juicy bits of life and squeezing the very last drop out of it and getting the most from it really am that's my plan anyway sounds good Sounds good. You sound like you've had your injection as well. <laughs> yeah, not that injection. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So, so what are we talking about today? He said, trying to swiftly move it on. <laughs> a great bloke. Yeah, great the one bloke. thing you need to know about being a great bloke. Yeah. Oh, I, so three blokes. I mean, we must be experts at this, and there must be near on 150 years worth of experience between the three of us about being a great bloke. So uh, I reckon we've got some wisdom to drop in. This is the, for the first time on this podcast, I feel like I know what I'm talking about because I've been a bloke for 57 years. So yeah. I know about it. So, uh, but I'm, do you know, I'm fascinated, Dave. I'm for the last time, Andy has found out some incredible stuff during his creative research on these different subjects. And I can't wait to see what he's discovered about being a great 
bloke. Take it away, Mr. Stewart. Thank you, Duncan. All the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances. And one man in his time plays many parts. His acts being seven ages. You might recognize those lines from the world's greatest playwright. Who are we talking about? Dave and Duncan, who wrote that? Bill. Yeah. Who? Bill Shakespeare. Not dustbin lid, Shakespeare, the man himself. That's an excerpt from his comedy, As You Like It, a play about fortune and fate and the seven ages of man. Each a movement describing the human condition where the world is compared to a play and that we are merely actors on its stage. It's the outline of a man's journey from birth to grave. The idea that a man's life is no more than a brief appearance that after the passions and struggles of life, you just disappear. It's a bit melancholy, to be honest. Believed to be written in 1599, it remains a profound message about life and our role in it, as relevant now as it's ever been. In this final episode of season one, the one thing you need to know about being a great bloke, Dave, Duncan and I are diving into a big subject, being a man, and what it means to be considered a great man. Now, I've used the word man as opposed to bloke. I'm not a big fan of the word bloke, to be honest partly because it's a common expression for an ordinary man, according to the Cambridge English Dictionary. And I'd like to aim a bit higher than just ordinary. I would also like to point out this episode is not just for blokes or men, it's also for women, for reasons I hope to make clear. So for the last time, Dave and Duncan, it's the final question time of season one. Now this one is a quick fire blokey set of questions. You ready? Yep. Has, so it got to do with, has it got anything to do with Yorkie bars and football? Might feature. Might there feature. So question one, you're going to have to be quick on this one. Engine strength is measured in what? Newton metres. No. Nope. Torque. I'm talking. You've not Talk. got the right answer. Dave? You know. Horsepower. This is, I, this is where I fail as a bloke. I would have no oh. idea. Not a scoob. Is it not horsepower? Horsepower. It is Horsepower. Car engines yeah. are measured in horsepower. And why? Bonus points? Wait, wait, hang on a minute. I mean, what's the difference between horsepower and torque? And torque. Well, I'm sure my engineering specialist of a son could tell you. Mm. Um, but, but the answer's horsepower. So I have to read what's on the answer on the question. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, all right, then. Why is it called horsepower? We're digressing. I've known, I haven't got a scooby about that. Well, when engines were invented in part to do the work, that horses used to do. There you go. So you can drop that one in, you know, if it goes quiet around the New Year's table. Question It'll 10. It'll have to go very quiet for me to drop that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and did you know, Andy, did you know the engine was invented by Mr. Derek Engine? Did you know that? I do now. It was. That's good. Question two. Thor is the god of what? Thor? Thor. Oh, he's the god of ice. Wind. Thunder and lightning. Guys, ah. you need to warm up a bit. I think you had too much Christmas yeah. lunch. Question three. So it's nil-nil. Have you, <laughs> Actually, got, one on, have you got one on your favourite quality street? Because I, uh, I, I've been able to research <laughs> that really well over the past few days. I'll tell you what. I'll drop in an easy one. If your shoes are black, what colour should your belt be? If your shoes are black, what colour should your belt be? Black. black. Right. Well done. Good. Question four. There's only two left. You'll be relieved. What's important when you give a good blokey handshake? What's important? Grip strength. Is the right answer. And oh, I would say I would say eye contact. Is the second. Um, is that right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Good. So what do you avoid in a, in, in a blokey handshake? You avoid the 
licking your hand first. No. Okay. <laughs> Although that is a good thing to avoid, Andy. It is. <laughs> Especially when they're waiting to shake your hand. It just wouldn't look good. Avoid the limp fish. So apparently one Fortune 500 CEO once said, if he had to decide between two candidates with similar qualifications, he'd give the position to the candidate with the better handshake. There you go. Finally, there. So question five, final one. In what situation would you clinch? In what situation would you clinch? Oh, if you're desperate to go to the toilet, but you know there isn't <laughs> one. Such a <laughs> oh, no, that's clinch, isn't it? Sorry, I've got the wrong word. Almost there. the wrong way round. Sorry. Maybe you're going to save us on this one, or shall I, shall I fill it in? A clinch a deal, maybe. Hey, you could. You could clinch a deal. Or it's a recovery in a boxing match. You hold on to the opponent to stop. Them. Oh, yeah. Or, or you reset the action. Do you know what? I've no idea who won that. And I can't possibly say that you're well, both losers. Well, I think it was you, because I don't think it was me or Duncan. To be <laughs> honest. We, didn't, we didn't cover ourselves in glory this week, did we? Let's be honest. Yeah. So let's remind ourselves what we're talking about. If you got about. a girly quiz, I might do better on that. But you know, know what we I mean, could? I, I mean, I run spas, so, you know, my daughters want me to paint their nails for them because they think I must be skilled in the fact of that because I run spas. So you know, good. Like, could feature in season two. two you never know. know. Yeah. So let's dial it back into the deep dive. What do you think makes a great man? Well, if you are one, would you consider yourself a great man? Or is it, I don't know, out of reach or unrealistic? And what does culture and history say about great men? I'm going to have to be super economic with this deep dive because it's a huge subject. In fact, just as an aside, one listener, Chris Cobbled, who's a top bloke, by the way, said how full and rich he found the Waggle Dance podcast on being a great dad. He suggested that each episode could quite easily extend to further conversations, and we hope they do. So I just want to say, if you're listening, thanks for the feedback. Continue the conversations with one another, and let us know what you think by writing a review on iTunes. The link's on our website, www.waggledancepodcast.com. Hey, Andy, I just, just, I, I'm just still reeling, just reeling at that. Are you saying that we've actually got a listener? Do you know what? I, th I think we have. Yeah, That's more great. than one. So that's Andrea, that's Chris Cobbold. Yeah, we've got more than one. So we've name-checked all our listeners. That's great. Let's move on. Maybe in series two, we'll actually get more listeners than there are actually us on the podcast. Oh, so yeah. Three, three presenters and two listeners, we think. So maybe maybe next time around, we get, we get a bit higher with listeners. Anything's possible. Great. It's a New Year's wish. Mm. So um, a great man who springs to mind. Well, think about it. You've got a brain, life experience, independent thoughts. Don't just Google it. If you do, you'll come across people like Thomas Jefferson, the third president of the US, founding father and author of the Declaration of Independence in 1776. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. You'll then likely find the likes of, well, Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King and Woodrow Wilson. I did Google, but only after I wrote down two names three-time world heavyweight champion Muhammad Ali, greatest of all time for sure. After his career, he became an advocate for social causes, fighting injustice and poverty. And here's a great quote from him. Service to others is the rent you pay for your room here on earth. I love that. How about Captain Tom, almost as famous as Ali? He's a great bloke, right? Mm. So unless you've been living on Mars for the year, here's why. A former British Army officer, known for his achievements, raising money for charity in the run-up to, to his 100th birthday during the COVID pandemic. He's now also a sir, as well as, you'll like this one, GQ magazine's Inspirational Man of the Year. Amazing, isn't it? Mm. 
So, Dave Duncan, guess how much he's raised for charity? It's over a million pounds, I think. It is over a million. It's over a couple of million, isn't it? 33 million pounds and counting. I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? A great man who set out on a humble fundraising walk for the NHS, which led to a global phenomenon and a night of the realm. He's quoted as saying, he gets tired, but he never gives up. I think that's brilliant. I mean, he's, he's, well, he's over 100 years old now, isn't he? Mm. So here's another great quote. Behind every great man is a woman rolling her eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Jim Carrey. So who determines who are great men? They're the ones that history tells us about, aren't they? After all, it was the Scottish philosopher Thomas Carlyle who stated that the history of the world is but the biography of great men. What about great women? Well, I'll come on to that in a mo. Carlyle was reflecting on his belief that heroes shape history through both their personal attributes and divine inspiration. In 1841, he argued that the actions of the great man play a key role in shaping history. He went on to suggest his book on heroes, that if we study the great men, one could not help but uncover something profitable about our own nature, something that we could adopt even. But not everyone agreed. The genius of a great man depends on any number of complex influences which has produced the race in which he appears, according to the English philosopher Herbert Spencer. Herbert who? Well, the name might not be familiar, but you've probably heard of his notable idea, survival of the fittest. So on the subject of great men, well, we could equally be talking about great women who have shaped history, dropping the historical patriarchal lens in favour of a more truthful reflection on the history of great people. Great women who've changed the world, Emmeline Pankhurst, Marie Curie, Rosa Parks, Mother Teresa, to name a few. Talking about great people, in part three of this Waggle Dance podcast, Duncan will be sharing the story of a great man who lived 2,000 years ago, a story passed down from generation to generation about his life, what he did and why. It's one of the greatest stories ever told. But before that, Dave and Duncan, I've got a question for you. When you think of a great man, who springs to mind? Yeah, I knew you were going to ask that question and uh, I'm racking my brains to think. And do you know what? What comes to mind is that there are men who are great, who I've never met before. who have had a massive impact on my life. Mm. Some of the people you've talked about, authors of books, people I've listened to speak on stage, but I've never met them before. They are great and they've they've inspired me to, to walk well. Um, there are occasional moments, you know, where I've I've met some incredible men who've made an impact in my life, you know, just for a, an afternoon or a day or whatever. Mm. Um, but it, honestly, honestly, Andy, there, I will answer that question two ways. And I, and I know this is expected and cheesy, but I mean it. I, the greatest man in my life is Jesus. Mm. And he, he's great. But be, beyond his greatness, he's a great bloke. You know, the manliness of it. Oftentimes people would say to me, you know, the whole Christian things, just wishy-washy, girly, you know, puffy, woofy stuff. And and then you think about Jesus who had six inch, you know, thorns shoved into his head and blood trickling down his his uh, his his face and he kept on going he was he was whipped 39 times with a cat of nine tails you know nine bits of leather with with stone and i know he's getting really heavy now but you know they, they took the skin off his back and yet he still carried a cross up a hill and then was nailed to it 
Um, he, he stood up against oppressive regimes. He was a political activist. He didn't shy away from those things. I mean, he was the strongest of men. And he that's what impressed me and made me want to follow him. So I would say Jesus. And I, you know, I, I tried to not say Jesus because it seemed so obvious, but it is. And, and the other thing, and, you know, I'm not just saying this because I can see your faces on Zoom, but you two are great. You are both blokes and you're great. And, and I mean it, you know, uh, I can think of a time when I was treated really harshly and unfairly and painfully. And Andy called me up and said, what are you doing next Wednesday lunchtime? And I said, nothing. He said, you are, you're coming out with me for a meal. And he takes me out for a meal and we sit around this restaurant, beautiful starter, lovely main course. And before we could order dessert, a plate arrived and just on the plate written in icing. And Andy had done this ahead of time with the head chef. It just said, thank you, Duncan. Man alive, for someone to take the time out to do that when I've been through a painful situation, that's greatness. And it's impressive for me. And I, you know, I could be here until the end of this podcast telling you story after story after story of how you, Dave, have made an impact in, in my life. You've you've stopped me when I've been at the edge of throwing the towel in and running away and giving me a, a, another way to look at things. Um, and, you know, we've we've shared a lot together and uh, your greatness is impressive to me and you are the place I turn whenever I think I'm stuck how do I get out of my stuckness the first name that jumps to mind is Dave Cortine and uh, so uh, seriously I am I am in the presence socially distanced of greatness it's you guys thank you thank you my friend yeah that's that's brilliant and um Mm. you know I think I think that's uh that's huge uplifting for for me to hear, and and I, and I really value you, you saying that. Um, and that's tough to follow because I know Andy's now looking at me to go, well, "Who's your, uh, who's your, who do you think of?" And I, yeah, going to be honest, you talked about uh, I can't I can't about our heavenly Father, uh, and the first guy that jumped into my head, and we've talked about him before on this podcast, is actually is my dad. Um, yeah. you know, he was yeah. someone who who yeah I, I could look up to and I could admire for so many um for so many reasons and I saw him close at hand obviously and and yeah I, I, there was so much about what he did that was that was great he was unassuming he was charming he was funny so yeah I I kind of when when Andy was sort of talking about that it, I couldn't get him out of my mind and I suppose on a on a to just broaden this conversation out and and uh, the other you know, I love my sport. And so immediately I start to think, well, who am I? Who are my real people that I admire in sport? And who do I think is is great? Not just in terms of their sports and ability, but in the way they they live their lives and are true to who they are. And, and so Andy Murray is the name that, that pops mm. into my head. Maybe people would be surprised by that. But I just think um, he is incredible in terms of not only what he's achieved sporting wise, because he is, when you look at his list of what he's done, that's pretty phenomenal. But actually, he's been prepared to stand up and be counted. He's stood up for uh, women coaches and women players uh, when that wouldn't have been the easier path to have taken. Uh, he's publicly called people out when they've, when they've kind of not recognized women's tennis as important as men's tennis he's been prepared to have a female coach and he's been true to who he is he is consistent in what he says and what he believes and what he talks about and i think there's a huge amount to be to be admired in that so yeah there you go that's um, going down a slightly different path to 
to what you talked about, broadens it out. But yeah, I, I, I'd have Andy Murray in my list of yeah. great men for those reasons. No, that's how about you? How about you, Andy? Well, yeah, to echo what what you've been talking about, actually, Duncan. Um, you know, I think I'm I'm a great bloke. <laughs> <laughs> I, do you know what? It's my the humility dad, that marks you, like you that? out, Andy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll touch on that, yeah. I've just actually just um, written myself out of the script, actually, as a great bloke, uh, because great blokes, um, I think, are humble, um, amongst other things. I'd go along with the ones you've mentioned, already mentioned. I mean, without uh, sort of Shakespeare, Ali, Darwin, Leonardo, DiCaprio, I mean, Da Vinci. He was pretty, he was, he was a great man. Um, I also, as you know, I mean, I've dropped his name in a few times. Um, the Canadian um, psychologist, Jordan Peterson. I think he's a great man. He puts himself on the line. He's courageous and dogged in determination uh, to help people. I mean, you know, not on the same scale as Jesus, but he sacrificed a lot to reduce suffering. I think particularly of guys, um, which is why his YouTube channels just subscribed by millions and his books are super successful. So I pay close attention to him. So moving it on, what makes a great man? It's the hero story, right? A mission to right a wrong along a perilous journey with tests and challenges along the way. That despite overwhelming odds, the hero is victorious, recognized in some cases with the Victoria Cross. Transformed, their story becomes a shared story as we buy into themes of honor, redemption, survival, and in some cases, salvation. And the great men that you've just talked about there, I mean, their honor, redemption, survival, and, and salvation, that's, that's in, in, in one. So we're familiar with them. We all are. Stories played out on the big screen and the small screen, where popular culture reflects the values we believe or hope to believe. And when it comes to great men, Hollywood is not sure on suggestions, imagined or real. James Bond, Bruce, more Lee, less Forsyth, Brad Pitt, Tom Hanks, Jason Statham. We all love the hero, don't you think? But how about the unsung heroes, the frontline workers, the unknown soldier, the unidentified member of a British armed forces killed in action in Europe on the battlefield during the First World War? You see, not everyone gets or wants the limelight. In preparing for this final episode, I did do a bit of self-reflection. The podcasts just naturally kind of make you do that. So I asked myself, am I a great man? I thought, well, I drive a Land Rover Defender. I wear a luxury Swiss watch. I own a gun. I have a beard, hairy chest and muscles. I can bench press my own weight. I'm a black belt in a martial art. I've been a best man, spoken at a wedding and a funeral. I've sired a son, had fights, changed a wheel and played rugby. I've climbed mountains, run races and gone places. And like most men, I like beer, whiskey and propping up a bar. I've also loved and lost, had a father and buried one. I rarely cry, suppress my emotions and have a one-sided love affair with my Labrador dog called Popcorn. Does that make me a great man? No, it makes me a man. Truth is, it's less about what you drive, what you wear, what you drink, but you know that. I mean, do we remember the greatest men and women in history because of what they wore, drove or drank? I don't think so. We remember them because of what they did. Well, unless you're Oliver Reed, I suppose. I mean, he was a great actor, but he also liked to drink or two. I suppose there's George Best as well, isn't there? Well, apart from Oliver Reed and George Best, we remember great men because of what they did, what they stood for, how they did it and why. It was the sacrifice they made 
or their achievements. It was their dogged determination and commitment in support of a magnificent goal. It was the reason and the cause. So let me ask you, what do you look for in a great man? Your list of characteristics might include integrity or faithfulness, honesty, and perhaps hope, maybe even vision. Courage is gonna feature, also kindness, and the ability to tell a great story and make you laugh. Characteristics not exclusive to men. A great man is a dad who's present, if circumstances allow. How about a friend who is available? A man that's not mean, extends grace, acknowledges pain, has empathy. And if you can, here's the thing, through the traumas of life, be the person that people can rely on. Truth is, history might not remember me, certainly not as a great man, but my friends might, so might my wife, maybe even my son, Louis. Let me ask a final question to you, Dave and Duncan. What do you want to be remembered for, if that's not too broad a question? I, Andy, this is rich. This at best yet, my friend, so inspiring. Um, I, you know, when you were talking, it, it, what jumped out to me was a memory I had. Somebody gave me a book, and this is awful, this. The book was terrible. I mean, it, the cover, front cover was bad. The, uh, the writing was poor. But the um, premise of the book was brilliant. It was by a guy called Bob Buford, and the book was called Half Time. Bob Buford was a business guy. Mm. And he talked about when you get to our age, kind of middle-aged, he talks about that being half time. You know, he said there's a distinct time in a man's life where he he comes in at half time and he has the oranges and he thinks about the first half of life and he wonders about what the next half would be like. And he said in his experience, and it just related, it rang true to me. Um, so don't bother reading the book because it's boring, but the premise is great. You know, he said in his experience, most men are driven in that first half of life by success, the need to build a business, the need to have a nice home, the need to drive a Land Rover Discovery, the need to have a dog called Popcorn, you know, the need to fill the bank account, the need to have a job title that other people look at and go, mm, that's impressive when they ask you at a party. Um, so the first half of life, life is driven by success. And then he says, when you come in at half time, that kind of middle aged, you, you start to think that's not really paid off. Do I want the rest of my life to be about zeros on my bank account or job titles or the size of my house or whatever it might be? Um, and so he says the first half of life is success. The second half of man's life is about significance. So you come out at half time and you think, you know what I want to feel good at? I want to leave a legacy. And it might not be a legacy for the world, but it might be a legacy for my son or my daughter or the people I lead. I just want to leave that kind of legacy. So I want to move from the drive to be successful to the drive to be significant. And I feel that, you know, I feel that, um, desperately you know that's the legacy i want to leave for my boys that they see someone who's trying to do something significant and make a difference and not someone who's just trying to be successful mm. does that ring true with you dave yeah it does um i can't remember who who i think it's actually in um it's in good to great uh the book by jim collins where he talks about that if you um you build a business you you should be someone who who makes clocks rather than who tells the time because mm. actually you want you want to leave a business where where it can carry on without you and i think that's 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 something that for me having having been involved in my business for so long i think you know what i want more than anything is is for that business to continue to thrive long after i've i've handed that on 
and I suppose that that resonates as well. It's not that's not just about work. So work is a big part of my life, and I'm I'm passionate about it, and and I care about it uh, a lot. But I've also got things that that are really important to me, more important to me outside of work. And so part of my legacy would be would be how good a dad I am. So so part of my legacy and part of what what I want to be remembered for is is that I parented well that I gave my daughters all the opportunities that that I possibly could and I and I gave them the support we talked about that before and I think you know that I can make them feel that they are loved unconditionally then then I've pretty much succeeded as a dad so I, I want to that would be what I would want to be remembered for is that I created business and I created uh with my wife two two girls um that that were able to to continue on in, in whatever it was that i that i'd started out with so that's that's kind of for me what i want to do. i love that i like dave said he with his wife created two girls did you hear what andy said he sired a son <laughs> it's like, well, like he's just see, he jumped off a horse in the middle ages yeah, <laughs> wench see, upstairs now <laughs> that's his creative side coming out and it's alliterative and i and i kind of i like that side a son i thought that was a that was a turn of phrase. Yeah, definitely. And there wasn't a horse involved. Well, I don't think so. <laughs> it's yeah. true. Oh, dear. There's a route of one line as we can go down here, but I think we're going let's to move not, on. Yeah. Let's not. Let's not. Oh, Andy, that, that is such a useful launch pad for us, you know, because you kept asking the question, what makes a mm. great bloke? And that's the subject yeah. of what we're talking about. I'm, I'm, do you mind I'm if nearly we finished as well. Oh, go on then. No, I, <laughs> do you know what? I probably did go over my allotted uh, time, but um, so. Do you want me just to close in prayer now? Do you know what? Would you mind? Would no. you mind? I mean, I mean, th- thankfully, we, we do have a very uh, proficient editor as part okay. of the Waggle Dance podcast. Okay. Um, so as I uh, draw now to a close on this final 2020 Waggle Dance deep dive, the one thing you need to know about being a great man your choices and behavior, your actions, the things you do and don't do, they will determine the person you are or hope to become. Maybe a great man. Mm. Do you know what? I'd settle for good man, to be honest. So ask yourself, what might life look like if you strived for good? What might life, what might life look like if we all did that to aim for the good? So I'd like to end where I started with a line from As You Like It, a comedy about life, family and friends from the world's greatest playwright. The one thing you need to know about being a great man, here's what Shakespeare said. And so he played his part. So play yours and play it as well as you can before the curtain falls for good. Just finish now. That's the end. (laughs) (laughs) That is great. And, And, you know, Andy, that's another that's another trait of a great man is perseverance. Even when your mates are trying to shut you up, <laughs> keep on going. Um, I, no, it's so, so good. It's so good. Really, I really, really love what you've done in these podcasts and, and thrown a load of questions up in the air and made us think it's great. Um, uh, lo- let me push it on to Dave because I'm, I'm fascinated. Andy, aren't you? I'm fascinated mm. to hear what Dave has to, to say. You know, Dave's the boss. We've said this on the podcast, you know, boss of a big company, hundreds of employees, so he has a view that you and I certainly don't have and many of us don't have. And we've kind of called it the view from the top. Um, so you work with a lot of men. I'm sure you work with some great women as well, but you work with a lot of blokes in the health and fitness industry. Um, so what's the view from the top about being a great bloke? Okay, well, 
One of the benefits of lockdown life is that I've got to walk my dog a lot more than I did before. And I think the dog's pleased about that. Um, <laughs> but, but certainly for me, it's been great because I've often found the time and the space to form my thoughts for my input onto these podcasts. And I've got to be honest, it's taken a few walks to begin to help shape my thoughts on what's the one thing we need to know about being a great bloke. Maybe it's the broadness of the subject. Up until now, we've looked at specific areas of our lives, parent, husband, leader, friend. But this is simply, how do we live life? Well, effectively, I suppose. How do we do life the best way we possibly can? So my usual dog walking route takes me through the churchyard of a beautiful Norman church on the edge of our village. The gravestones there that date back three or four centuries. Walking through it the other day gave me an anchor on which to base my thoughts. You see, no matter how old or how recent the gravestones are, they all have one thing in common. Each gravestone has two dates, one marking the birth date and one the date of death of the person whose grave it denotes. And in between each date is a dash. We don't get to control or determine either of the dates on our gravestone. They're completely outside of our control. But the bit we can control is the dash. Now, I remember you, Duncan, actually basing a series of talks around exactly that title a few years ago at The Forge. So if the question for today is about being a great bloke, then we need to think about what are we going to do with our dash? I think at the heart of this lies the realisation that each of our lives is telling a story and we have the ability to change control and write that story. We hold the pen. No one else does that. At times, it's really easy to doubt that this is the case. We get into a kind of poverty mindset. And what I mean by that is we see ourselves in the role of the helpless victim. A poverty mindset tempts us to sit back as spectators to our own destiny. We believe everything that happens to us is the result of outside forces. We have no control. Now, of course, there are certain events that happen in our lives which are completely out of our control. Who knew 2020 would be the year of the pandemic? That has had a huge impact on many people's lives, including mine. However, whilst we can't control the pandemic, we can control how we respond to it. The story is still down to us to write because we can get to choose how we react and what we do with the challenges we face. The story may take a few twists and turns we weren't expecting or had planned, but it is still our story and we have control over what we do. So once we've established that we write our own stories, no matter the challenges that life and the world throws at us, then the next thing to consider is what shapes the stories that we write. And I think that's where our character comes in. I heard a great quote the other day that I think is really relevant here, attributed to John Wooden, one of the most successful basketball coaches of all time. And he said, you need to focus on building your character rather than your reputation because your character is who you really are and your reputation is who people think you are mm -hmm. and i love that for far too many years i've always worried too much about my reputation rather than my character and i've come to realize that is a pointless pursuit now we're all very different characters and i guess the key point here is that we should work on our own characters and try to build on that and not replicate someone else you see, having thought this through, I think the one thing we need to know about being a great bloke is to be authentic. It's to be the person we were truly made to be. 
And I'm not sure any of us can offer much insight into that in a one hour podcast. But what I'm going to try and do over the next few minutes is to help us think about the areas that we need to focus on with our character development. So here goes. First one. How do other people view you? Now, this sounds dangerously like I'm contradicting my point about reputation, but I'm not. You see, what I mean by this is what do you bring to a conversation or interaction with others? There are those types of people who are encouragers, enablers, and those who are perhaps less so. Imagine if people arrive to a meeting with us with a bucket of positivity, whether that be fairly full and brimming over the top or fairly empty. When they leave, have you filled their bucket with more positivity or have you dipped in and reduced the positivity levels? I've worked so hard on my character over the last few years to try and ensure that I leave people feeling more positive and encouraged than they did when they, when they first met me. Second point, share your thoughts. Authenticity comes from letting people know how you really feel. The obvious example here is to show gratitude. It's so easy sometimes to assume that people realise that we're thankful for something they did or said. But if we don't tell them, how will they possibly know? I've thought about this over the last year or so, and I try and make sure that I thank people for all the great things they've done for me, whether that be at work or in my personal life. I finally realised that if we don't say thank you, the other person doesn't know we appreciate them. and It can seem like ingratitude. Third point. Pursue your passion. I remember about eight or nine years ago, waking up on a Saturday morning and hearing my then four-year-old daughter, Millie, trying to play the piano. I think it would probably go down as a jazz genre kind of music that she was playing. I mean, it was certainly improv. But even at that young age, she loved the piano. Now, at 12, she's working towards her grade five and the music she plays is much easier on the ear. But I think the younger Millie teaches us a valuable lesson. If you want to give something a go, you should just do it. At four, she just played the piano because she loved playing it. She wasn't worried in the slightest what anyone else thought about her playing. She was having, she was having fun and doing what she felt passionate about. I wonder at what age we develop this concern about doing something we'd love to do, but worry we might not be good enough. Our own self-criticism is the killer of our creativity. And that is such a shame. In a couple of these podcasts, Andy's kindly mentioned my book, More to Gain Than Just the Game. That was a real passion project for me. And it took both of you, Duncan and Andy, along with my daughter Rose, to persuade me to go for it. At the time of having the idea, it seemed implausible that I could actually find a publisher and get a book written and out there. But somehow I did. Somehow I got Judy Murray to write the foreword. And somehow, quite incredibly, it got shortlisted for the Telegraph Sports Book of the Year Awards. And I say this, not to big myself up, but to flag up to anyone listening the importance of pursuing your passion. Be authentic to your talents and don't let doubt or self-criticism get in the way. I could so easily have talked myself out of that book project. And I'm sure there are people listening to this who are talking themselves out of an exciting project that they're just not sure whether they should pursue or not. So to recap and conclude, the one thing you need to know about being a great bloke is be authentic. And there are a few things that help with that authenticity. Be someone who's positive, a bucket filler. Share your thoughts, be honest and grateful. Pursue your passions. And I'll leave you with six killer questions 
that will help you, in my opinion, unearth an authentic life. Is my vision clear? Do I know why I'm doing the things that I'm doing? Is my passion hot? Am I really excited about the things I'm getting involved in? Am I developing my talents? We all have them. So we should be developing what, what the gifts that we've got. Is my character clear? It's our character that we should be working on. Am I afraid to decide? You just need to go for it sometimes. And am I telling a great story? If we can answer all those questions positively, then grab that pen we talked about earlier and go and write an authentic story that will fill the dash that will eventually be between the two dates on your gravestone with compelling, engaging, exhilarating experiences. Write an authentic story that will have those watching it unfold on the edge of their seats. Come on, boys. What are we waiting for? Yeah, I love that, Dave. That's just fabulous. You know, oh, that is so good. I feel just inspired to live yeah. um, after after hearing you talk there. And you know what, what's fascinating to me is both you and Andy, in trying to answer, answer that question about being a great bloke, both of you you have talked about character. And it took me back to a conversation I had with a good friend of mine. I used to live in Banbury in Oxfordshire and really good friend of mine called Chris. Um, he used to build boats, sailing boats, loads of different boats. Actually, he was a boat builder, worked for a, a big company. Um, and he, I remember him, I remember standing in his factory, just learning what he was doing. And I remember him telling me, you know, if you're going to build a good sailing boat, you need more weight below the waterline than above the waterline. And he said, the trouble is everybody looks at above the waterline what's the deck look like how flashy are the sails what does it look like when it's moored up at monaco and do people look at it and go oh that's a flashy looking sailing vessel vessel um but he said actually if you're going to have a really good boat that, that goes through the storms of the sea and, and and gets to the destination well you need more weight below the waterline than above the waterline and i think you know i think as a bloke i think we fall so often into putting all our eggs in the above the waterline basket it is about the cars we drive. It is about the reputation, like you said, Dave. And we don't invest below the waterline. And everything you've talked about, that list, authenticity, is about being building below the waterline. And, um, uh, yeah, and that's what means you can become someone of significance rather than just someone of success. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. What about you, Andy? What stood out for you? Oh, do you know what? I can see why Dave gets the title of leader in our podcast. No, genuinely, absolutely you know brilliant so rich pursue your passions and um you're a you're a master storyteller it has to be said um so the highlights for me in that were we can control our response to the challenges that come our way you know that that's kind of as it were gaining back a degree of control on what's been a terrible year for many um what do you bring to gatherings was another thing that um that that dave said and positive that's good yeah, yeah. you know i i've never um you know, we, whenever we've spent time together, humor, positivity, you know, my buckets are full and I love that. I really do. And the one on thanking people that you mentioned, Dave, um, you just see people glow. Um, but there's two and there's two words authentically thanking them, you know, not just kind of it, it, you have to sometimes be specific in that as well. Sure. So, yeah, I think you've saved your best till last, Dave. I think that was absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, the idea of encouraging people to pursue their, their passions. Um, yeah, I loved it. So thank you, my friend. That was, um, yeah, reaffirming, life-affirming. And, uh, yeah. So the pressure ball is really being spun towards Banksy now, isn't it? Banksy and the Bible. Yeah. Go on then. Here's my five minutes on being a great bloke. 
Banksy in the Bible. It's hard to to put a full stop on the stuff we've talked about tonight. And I think if you've been listening to this while you've been driving to work or while you've been doing the ironing or walking the dog, I think it's probably raised a ton more questions than it's answered for you. Um, so I think we've we've proved that it's really hard to know what it means to be a real man or a, a great bloke. Let me take you back to when we were kids um, and, and a TV advert. Because I, I grew up thinking real men were like that guy who was dressed in black and he would swing into a lady's bedroom late at night and leave a box of milk tray. Do you remember him with the kind of roll, no, roll neck black sweater? I thought that's what it meant to be a real man. Or I thought it was the that chiseled jaw guy who stood in front of the camera for the old spice adverts he was so cool you know i mean actually andy you mentioned james bond who who was your james bond who did you which bond did you grow up with you know what for years and years it was sean years and years um i should probably stick with him i think okay what about you dave well when my child did it was roger moore that's yeah. the guy who was uh it was james bond as i was growing up yeah, yeah. I, and i thought he was so cool yeah suave sophisticated the women loved him it was an adventurous life i wanted to be like him i mean he la- he went on for too long it was like your granddad trying to play james bond in the end but but in those early days i wanted to be like him you know, even today i look at daniel craig and i want to be as cool as Jan- daniel craig Do you remember that scene when he walks out of the sea in those little blue swimming trunks you know you think i want to be as cool as that but i end up being more like rowan atkinson's johnny english if <laughs> truth be told so what i want to do in the couple of minutes i've got less I-, I want to expose two james bond style stereotypes if you like i want to expose two myths about modern day manhood that the world throws out there and we have to expose them and we have to throw them in the bin and here's a little bonus are you ready for this? At the end, I'm going to tell you what women really want from a bloke. All right. You ready for that? Yeah, absolutely. If you're a woman listening. Suddenly you got all very excited. Let me blow away this first myth. Okay. First stereotype about manhood. Here's the myth. Real men don't cry. That's the myth. Real men don't cry. There was a, a famous, if you were in the world of psychology, you'd have heard of this guy, famous psychologist called Alan Barraff. And he wrote this sentence, which blew my mind. And it, because it's so true. He says this, girls are taught to honor and understand their emotions. Conversely, boys are encouraged, even forced to hold in and suppress their emotions. There's hardly a man alive today, he concludes, who didn't grow up hearing such admonitions as, come on now, big boys don't cry. I mean, how true is that? I don't know about the girls thing, but I know as as a bloke, I grew up and people were trying to suppress my emotions left, right and center. I can remember being told by my dad that big boys don't cry. If you fell over and cut your knee and start, come on, son, big boys don't cry. And it kind of lodges with you, doesn't it? You know, push your emotions to one side. I can remember when I first became a Christian in my late teens and I went to this incredibly boring brethren church i mean i I went there because all my friends were there the people that led me to jesus but the church was so boring and i can remember church leaders telling me you should never get emotional in church faith is not an emotional thing it's all based on truth and fact not emotion and even when i was at school my teachers would say to me you know you're british and british men they always keep a stiff upper lip uh, no matter what happens in life you know so my emotions as I was growing up, they were, they were suppressed. Listen, if Andy, Dave, any man that's listening to this, listen to me. It's okay to cry. It's really good to allow those emotions to run free. And like Dave says, when people see you crying, when people see the emotions 
running free. They won't think anything less of you. In fact, it brings out your authenticity. It brings out the real you. You know, women were designed with two tear ducts. And so were we, fellas. You know, it, it's okay to cry. The most, I told you before that Jesus was the man that has most impressed me in life ever. And one of the most potent descriptions of the character of Jesus you find in um, John's biography of the life of Jesus. He wrote an eyewitness account, John. He was Jesus's best friend on planet Earth. And John wrote an eyewitness account of the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And he, he noticed this about Jesus. When Jesus went into a situation where uh, some sisters had lost their brother and they were crying because their brother Lazarus had died. And Jesus saw the pain of those people. And it just two words. It, the Bible simply says, Jesus wept. Dave, if, if Jesus cries, Andy, if Jesus lets those tear ducts run free, then then why shouldn't we? And this thing about men not being emotional, you know, Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus says, look, this is what I want you to do. I want you to love the Lord your God with all your heart. Heart is the center of your emotion, isn't it? I mean, Dave, you'd remember at football, you know, um, coaches would say, come on, son, put your heart into it. They want passion. They want emotion. You know, Andy, you would remember the times when you were a teenager and you would ask a girl out and she'd say, oh, I'm not going out with you. You know, and you would say to these girls, you've broke my heart, you know, because the heart is the center of our emotions. And I just think it's staggering that, that Jesus says, if you really want to know what it means to follow me, I want you to love me with all your heart. I mean, he goes in and on in that list to talk about loving him with, with all our soul and our mind and our strength. But he starts with the heart. Jesus is saying, you want to know what a relationship with me looks like? It's heart to heart. It's emotional. It'll include tears. It's that deep. So men listening to me, be brave. Follow the example of Jesus. Man up now and again and allow yourself a tear. Cry. It's okay. So what does it mean to be a great bloke? One thing, get emotional. Great blokes cry. Okay, second, the second myth, if you like, the second stereotype that I grew up with. And it's this. Real men are loners. I know I'm showing my age here, but Andy, Dave, do you remember watching that? Um, it was, obviously, it was American. It must have been back in the 70s and 80s. Do you remember watching the Lone Ranger and his horse Tonto? I do. And he would, he would, yeah, you do. You, you would jump on there. You hi ho silver. He'd jump on the back of his of his horse at the end of the episode, and he would ride off alone into the sunset. You know, he would go to a village or a town and he would do something great and he would get to know a few people. But then what do real men do? They jump on their horse and they run off and they stay alone. And it was that image as I was growing up that informed me, you know, for a man, it's not about having any responsibilities, no restrictions, no schedules to keep, no dependence to tie you down. Whereas the truth is completely and utterly opposite. We were designed for community. We were designed for relationship. We were designed for sharing our lives with others. That's how God wired us in the first place. And the sad thing is very few men experience that. It's why what we have in this little waggle dance group of ours, that's why it's so precious to me. I mean, after God created the first bloke ever, Adam, uh, he comments, it's not good for man to be alone. So he brings a companion in. It's not good for man to be alone. But so many men plow their energies into their work and they substitute their work colleagues for real friends. I mean, let, honestly, let's get this one absolutely crystal clear. Real friends know your birthday. 
Real friends know the names of your kids. Real friends come round your house. Real friends go on trips with you. Real friends take holidays with you. And I've got to be careful here because I, you know, if any women are listening to this, they could start tutting and pointing fingers at the moment. But in my experience, and correct me if I'm wrong, please, you know, if I am wrong, make a comment, contact us through the website, let me know. But in my experience, women enjoy a depth of conversation that leads to a depth in relationship. Whereas most of us blokes, we cover up our vulnerability in our conversations. And so we reduce our conversations to the chat about football scores or the weather or the latest office joke that's going around. And one day, this whole work thing is going to stop. You talked about that today, Dave. It's not going to be an endless cycle of emails and meetings that have defined our lives. It's going to be the people we've shared it with. So being a great bloke means crying now and again and being emotional but it also means investing in genuine friendships with the same energy and passion that we invest in our work in life. So they're my two stereotypes, two myths that I've tried to blow away. And I did promise you a treat. I did promise to tell you what women really want from a bloke. Um, and I thought the only way, you know, pressing in on Dave's point, the only way I could do that authentically was to ask a woman. So I, <laughs> it was over tea the other night. I sat down with Debbie, my wife, and I said, you know, honestly, as a woman, what do you want from a bloke? What do women normally want from blokes? What have I missed? Um, and I was quite surprised at how fast and how profound her top three things were. She did, Off the top of her head, she said, you know what? I think, and I, I don't know whether she was talking about me or not. Probably she was. But she says, in her experience, men need to listen better. I said, what do you mean by that, darling? And she said, well, you know, men need to turn off their phones, turn off their laptop screens, turn off the TV. Ask more questions of us. How was your day? How are you feeling right now? Men, she said, this was the phrase I love. She said, men need to pay attention to the tension in the household sometimes. Pay attention to the tension in the household sometimes. So if you, what do women want? They want us to listen better. Second thing, she said, men use, need to use more encouraging words. She said, sometimes, Duncan, I don't think you realize how powerful and how heavy your words are. And you can sometimes jokingly say something. Um, you can sometimes say them honestly, but they're very powerful. But make sure that nine times out of 10, if not 10 times out of 10, your words are encouraging. I mean, it goes to your point, Dave, about bringing buckets of positivity. So what do women want? They want us to listen better. They want us to use more encouraging words. Um, and the third thing she says, I think was the most profound. She said, men need to not give up the chase so quickly. And she did to be fair to her, she did say, and this is what you've done really well, Duncan, ever since we've had young kids, don't give up the chase so quickly. Uh, do you remember the story about the, the wife who turns to her husband and says, you know, you never tell me you love me anymore. And the husband says, look, I told you the day we get married, we got married. And if anything changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> oh, fellas, you know, we, we can do better than that. You know, it was back in September, my eldest son got married and I used this idea in, in the wedding talk I gave at the church. I said, Matt, you know what? Becky wants to hear from you more than any, anything else is that, that you love her. And, and, and my challenge to you is not just say, hey, babe, love you. Anybody can do that. But stick the little word because on the end. I love you because you stood in front of a church and all our friends and said, I do. I love you because you help me follow Jesus better than anybody else. I love you because you value me and tell me that every day. I love you because of the way you dealt with that difficult situation. I love the way you manage our money as a family. I just love you because. Um, so what do women want from men? They want us to listen. They want us to be more encouraging and they want us to not give up the chase. 
so quickly. How many marriages have I seen where couples find their kids get to that university age and they leave home and they've been chasing kids all their lives and now the kids have gone, they've forgotten how to chase each other. I mean, I don't want that to happen to my marriage. Listen, encourage, chase. So boys, you've got your to-do list sorted for the start of 2021. So in my view, that's what it means to be a great bloke. That's great. That's so good. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, brilliant. I like I like the idea that I think there's that essence of the friendship and and, and Duncan, you alluded to to the three of us, and I think I, I completely would emphasise and underline that. Um, it's so easy for people to think that uh, men should be loners and you know they create their own space and they do their own thing and actually there may be a time and a, and a place where that's what we want. But more than anything, I know from my perspective, I want that community of friendships. We talked about that when we did the first podcast about, you know, what's the one thing you need to have about being a great friend. And, and it's so important to me, the time that I invest into our friendship and the time that I invest into two or three other key friendships that I've got, because yeah, that's really important to me. And so I think hearing you talk about that just, just reminded me that, you know, yeah, real men are, are are friends more than they are loners. And um, mm. it's working out what, what that friendship is and how you make that happen. But yeah, for me, that was that was yeah. one of the things that came out of, and that, of your that's, that's Thanks, Dave. That, that's not easy. Uh, let's name it as blokes. You know, when something's tough, when we're embarrassed, when life gets nasty and smelly and a bit messy, the first the, I don't know if I'm just like my first reaction, I want to run and hide. I want to batten down the hatches. I want to be on my own, shut the door, turn the phone off, keep people out. Whereas actually, if I ran rather than running away from friendship and running away from community, if I ran towards it, that's where I would thrive. That's where I would grow stronger. That's where I would overcome the obstacles that have come my way. And so as blokes, it is tough to run towards the open arms of community and friendship. It is easier to batten down the hatches. Yeah, but it's the wrong way to go because we were never designed to be loners. We were designed to be friends and, and in community. I loved um, yeah, this, and it's a theme actually that's kind of running through um, the gift of our attention. You know, whether they're you know our friends, um, our partners, but I, I love that to pay attention, to listen better. Uh, and to encourage more the words, as you say, Duncan, that we say, perhaps to be more selective and thoughtful about those um, those words. Um, and it starts with the heart. I love that. I really do. Um, the way you wove that one into the story to invest in relationships. Um, it's an interesting one. I've, I've worked on my own for quite a while, but I love working with people, you know, where you collaborate and. Um, I think I've said it before, or perhaps one of you guys, uh, the idea of, you know, you can come up with a great idea, but you need a village to bring it, you know, into being. Um, and we need one another. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that was brilliant. Really I enjoyed think, it. I think the other bit was that word, because, you know, we, we yeah. need to explain not just that we do love, but we, but why? And I think that's, that was really perceptive. And it reminded me, actually, when you were saying that, um, you know, one of the things I often say when I'm saying goodnight to my to my English daughter Millie is I say, you know, I'm really proud of you. And and a number of times she'll go, Why, Dad? Why are you proud of me? And mm. and I love the fact that I can get to tell her why. And then I always come up with three or four different reasons of why I'm proud of her. But it just makes me 
you know that's that that's her she wants to know why and 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 actually that sort of reinforces that point that you said and she's young enough and that i'm our old man that she can ask those questions of me which is which is good but yeah it's great that's it. that, that just that just really stung me when you said that because i'm thinking yeah that actually millie wants to know why i'm proud of her every every time yeah. i tell her i am but I think it, going back to this authentic word that you used a lot, Dave, and you used as well, Andy, you know, oftentimes people, just in my job, people share their struggles with me. And, um, you know, in the past, I've always just said, hey, mate, praying for you, you know. And um, what I've decided to do now to be more authentic is, is I'll say, hey, Dave, hey, Andy, praying for you. I'm praying that you'll overcome this, that God will give you this, whatever, whatever the deal is. And I'll actually text or write or talk to you and tell you exactly what it is that I'm praying for you about. Um, because that just feels more authentic and more real. It's not, it's just, yeah. it's like, Hey babe, I love you. Yeah. You know, that's just easy, but yeah. Hey babe, I love you because the way you dealt with that difficult situation in our house with the kids the other day, it was just different level. Thank you for being such a brilliant mum to mm -hmm. our kids. You know, it's, that's huge. That's huge. Us, you know, it really does connect us. Yeah. yeah. One one of the things when I was doing um, yeah the deep diver Captain Tom, uh, when he was asked I think um, was he ever tempted to give up on his walk? Uh, I don't know if you saw pictures of him, but um, his reply was no, 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 never ever. The hardest part is the first step. Once you've done that, if you do another one, it becomes a natural thing. And I think that sort of segues into what you're talking about, which is sometimes we might be surprised if we speak into somebody's life that might be, you know, in our family or, or, or in our place of work, but you get a surprising and a delight on the people's faces. Um, often when you actually do call out authentically, um, uh, you know, praise or a job well done. So, um, it then maybe becomes a natural thing, a part of your own behavior. So yeah. that's, a, that's a good thing. Boys, I can't believe this is the end. Yeah. Not just yeah. of this podcast, but the end of the Waggle Dance podcast. We've done six episodes. Seven. We've kind of suggested seven. it's season one, but oh, seven, yeah, with the seven, Christmas yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, we've, we said we would do one season, and um, I don't know whether we're going to get commissioned or not to do a second season. Um, what do you think, Dave? Well, it'd be great to hear, wouldn't it? It'd be great to know if people out there are, uh, are up for it. You can let us know on social media or pop onto our um, our website and leave us a comment. And, yeah, if you've enjoyed listening to us whilst you've been walking the dog or, or driving to work or whatever, it'd be brilliant for uh, us to get some, some feedback on what would you like us to waggle dance about next time? Do you want us to waggle dance anymore? That would be uh, that would be great to hear. But yeah, I'd, I'd um, I'm up for a second series. Just yeah, me see too. Other people out. Well, let's put it in the hands of the people. You know, whether we do a second series or not is is in the hands of our two listeners. Um, Andy's, Come on, Chris. <laughs> Chris and Andy's Andy's wife. Yeah, I'm glad Andrea. you're yeah. So, yeah. So are we saying that the curtain's about to fall on the first season of the Waggle Dance podcast then? Act two, scene seven. Is that right? I think the fat lady's singing. I'm sure I can hear her warming up anyway. I'm not saying anything. Yeah. Well, listen, boys, have a fantastic new year. Hey, you too. Um, let's talk again in 2021. And uh, hopefully by then, our huge crowd of listeners, both of them have responded <laughs> and... Uh, they'll tell us whether they want us to waggle dance on. And I love what you said, Dave. Listen, if you are listening to this, what would you love us to, to, to riff around? What would you love us to talk about? What would you like some help with? 
and uh, we'll point you in the right direction. We'll see if we can drag up some questions and ideas that might help you to walk straighter in life. So let, let us know and we'll, we'll do that. Meanwhile, thanks for the feedback so far. Thanks for being part of the Wagwanance podcast. And here's to a happy, healthy and wonderful 2021. Thanks. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. We hope you've enjoyed our conversation and please do subscribe via iTunes, Spotify or your usual podcast provider so that you can catch every episode. Thanks for listening to the Waggle Dance Podcast and see you next time.